0: Hey y'all! It's Ashley
1: and Shantavia, and, and this, this is, is Obedience, Obedience podcast. podcast.
0: So, guys, we'd like to welcome you guys again to another fellowship time. We have a very special guest, Miss Rosalind Renee from Therapy as a Christian Podcast. Now, look, we've referenced her a few times on the podcast, so if you have not tuned in and subscribed to her channel, what are you waiting for? <laughs>
1: I'll be ashamed of yourself,
0: right? You- same on
1: yourself
0: (laughs) but we have miss roslyn renee and she's joining us in a fellowship time so so thank you so much for coming roslyn hey girl (laughs) i'm so excited to be on the podcast um like i was telling ashley chantavia this is like my second time being on someone else's podcast i am so excited and they talk a lot um because i it's so good to be on the other side of having to interview people and talk to people so i am extremely excited to be here so hey everyone hey girl hey (laughs) excited to have you on i was extremely excited when we got the invitation to for you to be on our show so
1: welcome you are welcome, welcome. yeah Thank actually tell me i was like oh my gosh what is wrong i thought something happened i thought she didn't make it home safe the <laughs> <The answer. laughs> girl so i'll tell y'all
0: what happened so i was um so as i've been prepping for maternity leave like i know that i want to do more collaborations with people And I was like, well, girl, you can't be asking everybody to be on your show. You don't never go on nobody else's show. And so I remember, Ashley, because I know you had joined my Time with God challenge. um, And I was just like, Ashley has a podcast. Let me just ask it. Because for one, for those of you that don't know and don't know podcasting, excuse me, coming up with content can sometimes just be challenging. And so having like other lenses of people to come on your show and just talk about stuff freeze your mind, freeze you up, and so I was like, absolutely, I am a chatterbox, Ashley has a podcast, let me just ask her if she'd be open to me being on the show, and so I was really excited to, God put it on my heart to ask you, so I wanted to definitely just like, go ahead and do that. Where our door is always open, so. Amen, sis. The (laughs) doors of the church are always open, amen, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, let's not delay. Let's go ahead and jump into these questions.
1: Our first question is an icebreaker, as we always do with our fellowship time, just to give everyone a chance to get comfortable, give everyone a chance to get to know you. So I really like this icebreaker. We're not sure if you guys have seen the Respect, the Aretha Franklin biopic trailer, which Jennifer Hudson is going to star in. We already know she's going to do amazing. And I feel like Aretha Franklin would really respect that because she did love Jennifer Hudson. So who will you guys choose to play in your biopic?
0: Okay, I'll go first. So the person I would choose would be someone that they probably wouldn't hire me to act for her because one, I can't really sing. And two, um, I don't want the backlash of, you know, Black Twitter or, you know, the people the cancel culture to cancel me out, but it would be Whitney Houston. Exactly. Um, and I won't ever, like, crochet, shade. But I love me some Whitney, okay? Like, I just remember my mama playing the Bodyguard soundtrack all the time. And so I know every single song on that whole CD. And so that would be my person. I love me some Whitney. She's a legend. So I wouldn't want to mess her up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know her, her legacy up. But if I had to and I had the skills to sing, baby, I would throw a whole biopic out in representation for her.
1: Love it. Good choice.
0: That is a good choice. That's a, a legend, baby. Because
1: she can act her tail off, too. She can. Ain't Absolutely. Girl, I know.
0: Because everybody ain't able. <laughs> <laughs> I would say. To play me in the biopic, um, not because we don't look alike, but I just love her. That is the Miss Tappet the Brown. <laughs> I see the brown one. I love. Her. <laughs> um, but I don't. I just I just fell in love with her like the first couple of times that I used to see her on, back in the day on YouTube. No, Facebook. um but yeah, I just I just love her so. I love her character. I love everything about her. There's no wrong that she can do. Um, but if I was to pick somebody that kind of favors me a little bit, and you know, both of us can sing, <clears throat> <laughs> 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 that would be a uh, Tamala Man. I like her and her family. I used to watch her show too. So. Oh,
1: Tamala Man! Yeah, I'm thinking about Tamala Man vocals compared to yours. I think we sounded like. Okay. Um, I like the first choice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I and watch our shady episode. <laughs>
1: right. Uh,
0: Christian, it's okay to be petty. So go back and watch that.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, I guess I'll go. So I went based off of who people tell me I look like, Um, and she's an actress. So I would pick Journey Smlett. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. Uh But um, during my Winn-Dixie days, Uh I had this one customer. Whenever he came in, he always addressed me as Journey. He never said my name. He always called me Journey. So I would pick Journey. And she's, you know, non-problematic, so I think that's a good person. Amen. Amen. You wouldn't have no drama or anything. Right? I think I would get represented good. But I did have another person, just because I feel like she's my spirit animal. Um, Corinne Hawthorne. Oh, yeah. I love her. I love her. I don't know if she can act, but I just feel like, you know, we're friends in real life. Well, virtually. She doesn't know, but it's okay. Friend of mine.
0: I get it. I have a lot of friends.
1: Me too. A lot of virtual friends. Same. I'm an auntie to a lot of kids. <laughs> Amen.
0: I'm a godmama too, just to let you know. <laughs> like, I just be taking these people kids. Okay, so going into the next question. So, Rosalind, you just got, Are <laughs> you laughing at me? <laughs> yes girl because i already know i already know what you're gonna say and i know i say this all the time <laughs> okay here we go <laughs> okay so roslyn you've often described yourself as being a little ratchet on the show and we wanted to know how did you grow into being comfortable with yourself and just growing it how, how, kind of describe that phase of like just being comfortable with stuff because I feel like it's healthy for all of us, you know, like Booster said, we all got a little ratchet in us. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I try not to be long, but so um, I always tell people like I'm a little loud and I'm loud and a little ratchet, um, but I love God. Like my heart is so in love with God. Um, I would say that it took me a while to understand my personality because I feel like I would always adapt based off whoever I was around or based off whoever was talking to me, christian non-christian um people who were close to me, people who weren't close to me, I always felt like I had to adapt, and that really kind of I didn't really notice that until college. um and so I always thought like there was a part of me that was very um set in my belief and my faith in God, and then there was a part of me that had this, like, super loud self that was hilarious, like, I am, like, my friend told me last week, she was like, you missed your call when there's a comedian, because you are legit hilarious, um, group text messages are always so fun, um, so I had this other side of me that is me that y'all see, that is, like, super herself, I don't really, now care what people think of me but there was so much a part of me that loved God so much that I always felt like I had to fit in a box and because of that because of like kind of growing up I think our generation and millennial generation really grew up with what was told us about rules and you can you can't do this and that it wasn't comfortable to be yourself because you had to be a certain way and because of that, it also caused me to like say, okay, well, who am I? Because this personality that I have is super loud and extra and like, you know, I, I just, I that's who I am. And so I had a hard time understanding, well, God, if you made me this way, or this is part of my personality, why do I feel like I have to cover that up when I'm, Talking to people about you, or cover that up when I'm around someone who may not be—I can't say—not be like following you because I don't—I can't really ever speak on somebody else's walk, but just in my brain and my maybe my judgmental brain think like they're not, so I have to switch up or be a certain way, and so it really wasn't until I went to counseling, and I noticed as the more I became very comfortable talking to my counselor, my personality would come out and she would say, you are hilarious. You are you are so funny. Like she knows how hilarious I am and she laughed at me and I like do little dances. I may throw a little, you know, a little twerk on the side or something when I like have a little breakthrough or something. And she's just like, you're so funny. Like, But I would never show that outside of her office. So it wasn't really until I but came to understand my really authentic relationship with God. Because I feel like you go in phases with God. Like you, you, you grow up, if you, if you were someone that grew up in church, you um, you know, you have your relationship with God under your parents, or you have your relationship with God under the under youth ministry. And so it's very based off what other people may tell you about God, what you experience, things of that nature. And then become an adult and you like on your own, you kind of are looking to understand what that means and trying to figure that out. And I think too, when you're in that early stage of figuring it out, it can, be like relationship with God can be very in and religious because you're taking all these things from being a teenager going into adulthood and you're trying to understand. And so it wasn't until I went through counseling um, when I was 27, up until now, that I realized that God loves me authentically as me and he loves me authentically no matter who or what I do or say. And not to say like that takes away from me doing whatever, but I think what I've understood about God's character is who I am when I'm comfortable in who I am. It naturally, the light of him already like magnifies even more because I, I'm comfortable and confident in him even though I may be a little out of ration, like I'm very serious about him I don't really play a lot when it comes to um, I feel like, like there are a lot of times where God is very black and white like yes he's holy yes he's loving but he's also very just he's also very fair and so I take that very seriously even though I may have this personality that's It's just like time and place. And so I think I look at it as because I love him and he loves me, I can always be my authentic self and still serve him in a way where I can honor and reverence how holy he is and how beautiful he is and how just he is. And that's where I became very comfortable. So I honestly would say it would be a combination of therapy, building an authentic, true relationship with God, um, and really understanding that my identity in him is already made whole and who I am in that can still be me. It doesn't have to be separate. It can be together. That was that is pretty much my journey right now. And um, I can relate to a lot of what you said. I wish that I could have went, gone to therapy. Early in my twenties, like I shared on the podcast, like I just started back in. Well, I started um back in two thousand nineteen, early part of two thousand. Girl, <laughs> yes, and I I loved it. I was I was just like, what has this been on my life? But I was I was you know, I told my story. I was just like, I didn't want to go because I wasn't a crazy person. Like, black like people don't do this, uh, <laughs> okay. but. Yeah. Life to bring me there, and I'm grateful that it did. Um, but I had to come to my. Well, I am in the process of coming with myself, coming to myself of, of having a true relationship with God. And your episode with I can't remember her name, but it was uh, relationship versus relationship. Felicia, yes, yes, she was great, and she did an awesome job at explaining it. So you guys go back and watch that if you have to. Or if you haven't. But I grew up in church, and it was always like, I'll say this it was like a pro, it was programmed in my mind that God was like this punisher. Mm -hmm. And you had to do this, you had to be holy, you had to do can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't do this, you can't do that. It was so many restrictions. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not attractive to me. I can't do anything if I want to be a Christian. So it, it was pretty much a point in my life and I was just like, whatever. I don't have to be a Christian, you know, if that's what it's about. But I am so glad that God brought me back. And he was just, and I, it's to the point where I cannot live without him. Like okay. I can't do decision without consulting with him. Like it, it I've, I was speaking to my uh, sisters about this where I have just, within this last couple of months, say about three or four months, I have getting, I'm getting to know him as a father. And it was to the point, I was just like, thank you. I had to say thank you to my earthly father, because it was easier for me to understand my heavenly father as a father, because I had that example, I had a great example as an earthly father. And I was just like, "Man, thank you, Lord, so much and it's to the point where I'm just like, Father, thank you, Father, thank you, and it's changing it's It's a shift that's going on within my mind, and I'm not gonna cry it's I'm a shift you do girl. It's a very emotional situation I understand yes <laughs> it um it's a shift that's going on within my mind of the it's, it's literally the, the scripture says transforming by the renewing of my mind that is what's happening now for me and I'm so grateful and even when I read his word like for example Psalms 23 I can't even get past the first verse I'll be like dang Lord!" Yeah. and I just break out into tears into in worship and I it's like when I go into his word again like Dang, I go in with the perspective as a father, but not a punisher, you know. Because when I get into like the, I make the mistake of reading the Old Testament first, and I'm just like, oh, God is he, he bought that life, <laughs> you know. And oh, baby, like, he was turned up. Yeah, he was turnt up. if turned up was a person, it was him. <laughs> I'm period. and I was just like, "Ooh, you know, that's. He bought that life, so I'm not gonna do anything to be outside of him. And that was pretty much the program in my mind. But I went into the New Testament and found out that, ooh, thank you, Jesus. No wonder we praise Jesus. Well, this is back in the years. I was just like, no wonder we, you know, we reverence our Savior. He is truly a Savior because if it wasn't for Jesus, we'll still be judged. By the laws back in the Old Testament, and it's just like a uh, re- renewed of my mind, and I am so grateful y'all that I have finally came to the point I wish I was there before, but some things I could have done in the past, but I am so grateful that I have finally got there now, what's the question I forgot comfortable with your, I't mm-hmm, like, comfortable with yourself,
1: yeah, yeah. actually, you always <laughs> feed the questions. <laughs> I always go
0: off of it. Okay. I find it Sometimes, but how do I become comfortable with myself? I am a extroverted introvert. I am understanding. Like sometimes I don't want to be turned over. <laughs> I just want to be chilling, you know. And I have to. I'm actually in this course of. It's called Grit to Grace, by Raquel. Recre- I can't remember her last name, but Embry. huh Embry Embry mhm, and she's doing a wonderful job. It's kind of like a therapeutic and it's a program, and it's getting back to myself and allowing me to get to know myself and kinda just really point out those values and getting to know myself um because but I actually had a therapy episode or uh, a therapy session with um a counselor and she was just like her assignment for me was to write down my expectations in relationships and I was just like oh I, I didn't do that uh, like going into my past relationship as you guys know I had just got a relationship a few months ago and I was just like dang those are the things that I don't know like I didn't And she also asked me to write down my characters and I named some things and all of those things were like, um, were pleasing to others, but it wasn't like valuing myself, I guess, but it was always giving. And I never realized that. And I was just like, dang, I am a giving person and it was to the point where I never did have any time for myself and I didn't really value myself and who I was. And I didn't really know, I won't say I didn't know, but I didn't realize the strength and the value that was in me. But yeah, that's it. I'm going to end it there because I can keep on going. (laughs) I don't want to take over Shantavia saying anything about this question, but I do want to add, uh, essentially when it comes to, Learning how to value you that we have no, we sometimes really don't realize how much expectation we put or we have, and that we put in other people. And it's so non, like it's not communicated because it becomes like it's unconscious, like the expectation. It's like, well, you should know this, you should do this, this is something you should know. And truly, like most of the time, we don't know what we want because we've never really explored that and so what happens with expectation is if somebody doesn't fulfill it we become disappointed and have resentment towards them unknowingly but the whole thing starts with we don't even really know what we want they don't know what we want and we're just kind of entering into a relationship or this does not even have to be a romantic relationship this can be a work relationship a friendship And so having and knowing your expectation also creates some type of foundation for you to, when you are disappointed, to know how to verbalize that this hurt my feelings or know how to verbalize this wasn't right and I don't want this in my life. And that's a hard thing to recognize, like, how much expectation we really have. And so, like you said, with it being... like you notice a lot of your expectations were a lot of giving, but it was never on self and it really kind of frames the thing of this is how I've functioned in relationships with people and why I've been hurt, but also too, like truly, what is it that I want what What type of people do I want in my life? What type of relationships do I want in my life? What things that do I want that truly serve me because truly relationships are there to serve us. Mm-hmm. it's a reciprocal thing it's not. A one sided thing. I think that's where I used to be, where I always was serving other people, and I always had so much resentment because it was like I'm so drained, and people don't see that I'm drained, and no one's asking me how I'm doing, but I'm giving everything to everybody else unconsciously, and nobody's like understanding how this doesn't fit. But it wasn't until I realized, like, no, girl, you have no boundaries. You give too much, you don't say no. You allow people to drain you when you don't have emotional capacity. That's one of the things I tell my friends all the time. It's like, hey, I understand you might be upset about something that I currently don't have the emotional capacity to help you. Or I won't answer the phone. or. But that can become and can feel like guilt because we're so used to doing it for other people. But it really isn't until you know what you are expecting. I don't expect my friends to pour out when they don't have it because then i'm getting not the best version of them and so it becomes a thing of exploring like you said those expectations which you'll eventually get there of like knowing what that is but it is like challenging in the beginning because it's such new territory that we don't talk about
1: i can tell y'all right now like both y'all like ministering to me and y'all don't even know um it definitely gets into the second question that we haven't even asked um but what you said about like you get into like being emotionally drained because you're saying no but you're not realizing it's hurting you because that's what you're so used to doing like I feel like um during this phase of my life I'm learning a lot about myself um I know both of you guys are like into your dirty 30s that's a tongue twister (laughs) um but I just turned 27 and I feel like I'm just realizing who I am. Like I started the journey of therapy last year when I was 26 and I feel like I'm just getting into the real stuff with my therapist, you know? And um, I've never even asked myself, what do you want in relationships? Even outside of a romantic relationship, just even just going to family relationships, like what do you want? And I feel like that may be the issue that I'm having, like, right now in my life. Because I'm like, y'all, I'm a giver. I don't know how to say no. I wish y'all could see my to-do list right now. It's super long. And I do get to the point where I just become emotionally exhausted and I'll shut down. Ashley probably has seen it. I'll, like, disappear from my phone. <laughs> um, Won't answer any phone call. my life says, yes. <laughs> and it's like, I don't even know why. But like I mentioned to you guys, like I'm just starting the journey of therapy and feeling like I'm really getting to know myself. Um, So it took me a minute to be comfortable with my personality. I'm still trying to get comfortable with it um, because I'm opposite of Ashley. I am an introvert. Nothing extrovert about it. Um, If I had to put it on a scale, I'm probably like 5% extrovert. Um, So when the Lord was like placing on my heart the podcast I was just like this doesn't make sense like I don't get what you want me to do like yeah I can find somebody to do it and produce it I'll be great at that and he was just like no I want you to do it I was just like but that doesn't make sense so I'm gonna just sit on it until you figure out that you're not making sense right now Um, and you know, it was just, it, it kept pressing on me and finally I just did it. And you know, anybody who knows me can tell you like, that was definitely the Lord working through me in the podcast. Cause that's just not something I do. I'm behind the scenes. Um, because I spent a lot, a lot of time, like being insecure with my personality And it took me a long time to even accept that that's what I was insecure about. And it was like, okay, you're insecure with your personality and you can't really change your personality because then you are being somebody that you're not. So I'm still going through the journey of getting comfortable with it. But I feel like the more I'm getting comfortable with it, the more extroverted I'm becoming just because I'm becoming more comfortable with who God made me to be. And I'm like, maybe this is why he wanted me to do the podcast, because he wanted to get this other side of me out that he knew he created. I always will question, I'm just like, okay, I see how my dad is, I see how my mom is, like, why am I just so reserved and, like, feel, like, so restricted? But, I mean, I'm learning stuff as I go, because, like I said, I'm still in the journey of getting comfortable with it. I'm not over it yet. And... I remember when I first started to like really get serious about reading the Bible and um, fulfilling like those Christian values that you grow up learning, I was like trying to hide it because of what you guys said about um, that identity. Um, I felt like if I decide to become a full-blown Christian, I can't have fun anymore, and I'm still young, and I still want to have fun. But then I remember thinking, you can change that narrative. Like, being a Christian doesn't equate to not having fun. But that's what it seems like growing up because of all of these rules. When I listened to the um, episode that Ashley sent me, the um, relationship over relationship, that's when it really pointed out to me that it can be fun if you just take out that relationship that you have been so accustomed to in your life and get into that relationship with God so yeah I'm still on the journey of becoming comfortable with myself but I am enjoying the journey I guess like what you said Rosalind you just really have to realize God made you the way he made you for a reason like he didn't make a mistake and I'm just trying to learn what he was doing he already knows I'm trying to figure it out myself <laughs> Yeah. And,
0: and to add, you said so many good things Um, to add. And the way that I've looked at it, one thing that I'll say about therapy that has really blessed me is it's given me language. So like before I could never describe what I felt or what I was thinking, but I think what I have kind of, even in a mental health perspective, um, that is my background. That's what I went to school for. So also I went to, I was a client, even though I am like a clinician. But what I've understood is that in our lives, we we are overloaded with so much trauma and situations that have happened that when we have never had the opportunity to process through those things, we almost, they become like what I described, the lens. And it isn't until you really talk through it that you start taking it off to really see the things that are in front of you that are really the trueness of, like I talk about the lens of God all the time, like church, religion, all this kind of stuff, put, a, put glasses on me to the way I saw God, trauma with my father, like all kinds of things. And so when I would look at God, it was always through a lens and perception that was not who he was to me, in my opinion, who he really was. But in my my view, that was how I saw him. Mm -hmm. And so I think growing up, we like, we have these things in our personality. We have these identity traits that we don't understand. Um, And I always think what you were saying about how doing the podcast pulls something out of you. I always think that God puts us in situations to pull things out of us that we don't even really, like, I didn't know I could do that. (laughs) What you mean? (laughs) Talking about, like, I remember, and I say this story all the time. Last year, uh, October 2019, I remember being in prayer, and I heard God say to me, teach my people how to pray and spend time with me. And I was like, "Who going to do that? (laughs) Who are you talking to? I know you're not talking to me. And I said, how am I supposed to do that? Like, what does that even look like? Like... (laughs) What does that even look like, Lord? And then many times I had come to understand he'll say, do something as a means. Like, some I do feel like there are many times God gives full context to a lot of stuff, but there are sometimes he don't give no context, not none. I feel like when he was talking to Moses, Moses was looking at him crazy, like, Who are you talking to? What do you mean? Go tell Pharaoh. He didn't tell him nothing else, he didn't say, You're gonna part the Red Sea. He didn't say you was gonna write the Ten Commandments. He didn't tell him none of that. He just said, Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And I know Moses was like, Come again. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I have come to understand God doesn't maybe always give a lot of context. Mm-mm. but he's not looking for you to try to figure out. He's just looking for you to obey. And so that was when the Time of God challenge came about. I had no idea what I had no idea what I was doing, y'all. Still sometimes I don't. I feel like I'm a little bit better, but I still sometimes be like, how am I doing this? And what I came to understand was that he was pulling stuff out of me that was was years of like things I had done with him that he was showing me like, Robin, this is not something people teach in church. People don't teach the practical, literally practical strategies of how to spend time with me. They just say, go spend time with God. Okay, what does that look like, fam? Teach the millennials. We are very type A people, okay? We need step-by-step order structure. Yep. Mm-hmm. We are those people that have every app for everything. Mm-hmm. We need order and structure, mm-hmm. okay? And so what I can't understand was that he was like, well, you possess this, go do it. But then we stop there and we don't obey. And that's the stopping point that 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 robs the kingdom of I don't say it robs the kingdom, but it robs the people of God being able to experience the fullness of it because he's placed kingdom things in us. And when we don't obey it based off whatever we feel, based off whatever we're thinking we're not qualified to do, it takes away the ability for the kingdom to come. And then then we get all this other foolishness that's like, you know, I can go on a tangent with that. And so I do believe that um, it takes time. So like, Literally, my biggest advice, especially in the process of like understanding, learning who you are, is take the journey because healing still bears fruit. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no stopping point with that, and I think that when you really do really realize it, that's when you can really start to see the fullness of it. Because so my podcast wasn't even produced until a year into counseling, and I thought I was like, "Who am I to <laughs> talk to folk about?" Therapy, but that you know, birth a lot of other people taking the opportunity to go, and now you know other people are doing that, and it's blessing their lives. So, you know, you never know. But I always say, take the process, don't stop. It's very, very uncomfortable. It mm-hmm. is like one of the most uncomfortable journeys. I, I I literally say it's one of the most uncomfortable things you will ever go through, but it bears so much fruit in the end.
1: Hmm. That is so true. I remember my last um, therapy session, she, it was like, it was like, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it was kind of like, I I realized that I place so much value on people's opinions to the point that I wouldn't do certain things. And, you know, you always want to think, oh, I don't do that. I don't do that. And then just to have it like right there in your face and you're like, oh, Wow. Okay, you kind of like want to hide to your therapist, and she's just like trying to help you.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah, bro. I was I used to be the biggest people pleaser, I <laughs> still am in the, and still am in some ways. It's like something you have to constantly purge. Um, but like people pleasing to the point of I wouldn't say stuff. I would I would feel so anxious. I would feel like my chest get tight anxious anxiety because it's like I don't want this person to look at me any differently or I'm not strong like them so let me kind of just dummy myself down. And it's really hard, but you can't really even address a wound until you know it's there. Mm. So true. Cuz I think therapy will bring out some things that you just like I didn't I didn't know I didn't know that I was wounded from that. Like, even childhood things in your childhood, it will fester into your adulthood. So, whew. and then you also said healing still bears fruit. That is so true. Like, even through your healing, like, you can be, or so, right, I'm looking for, like, you can, what's the word? You can still do things. Yes. And the Bible talks about that in John 15. Like, that's my favorite chapter of the whole Bible, if I had to pick one, where it says that God prunes us. It says that Jesus is the vine, um, Jesus is the vine and God is the vine dresser. The vine dresser is someone who's well-equipped in knowing. I know I'm getting deep Y'all, my bad. But um, (laughs) the vine dresser is someone who's equipped in gardening. They understand the vine. They understand how to pluck. They understand all those things. And it says that God prunes us. To bear more fruit. Well, pruning hurts. Mm-hmm. Pruning don't feel good. When God takes things away, it's almost like you have pulled something out of me that I didn't want. It. Like it's it can be debilitating. And so if if He's pruning things to bear fruit, He's pulling things out so for us to heal. Because a tree, when it gets cut, it has to still grow out of that cut and that trim. And so I think. Healing bears, to me, it bears so much fruit. That's why I tell people all the time don't feel pressure to try to um, have a platform if you're not there. Heal first, heal from a place, go, go and get healing. Um, there's nothing wrong with serving people in that process, but take care of you because that still bears fruit. Like we all want all these things, but sometimes even being in that place, if you're not fully, Healed, or I won't say fully healed, because I think there's still always healing in situations. But knowing how to navigate through that and know who you are—if you don't know who you are, platform and all this kind of stuff will try Will will literally like, I got to tell people all the time. If 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 God told me at the beginning what was gonna happen, like currently, y'all would have had my personal phone number. We been, I would have been calling y'all, praying, you know what I'm saying? And that just, that wasn't a boundary. But now I understand that there's there's limitations to certain things because I understand, like, I can't do everything. And so my way of doing it is by serving on a podcast or serving in a challenge or serving in those kinds of things. And I say that to say, like, healing still, um, like, it still bears fruit, period. Note to self. I have jotted that down and I'm going in that, going into John 15 with God and my study time. So that's all my to do list though. <laughs> <laughs>